Well, good evening and welcome back to Dr. Brad Stevenson's Bible Talk. I am your host, Pastor Andrew, here at Deltona Alliance Church. Glad that you can join us this evening as uh, we are having another uh, Bible Talk during this holiday season and I uh, look forward to spending this time with you. So let's pray and then we'll get into tonight's theme and uh, have a couple updates for you as well. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that we can read your word, that we can... Um, submit ourselves to your word, that uh, we can trust your word, Lord, knowing that it's your word inspired by you, Lord, by your spirit. <clears throat> we thank you that Jesus is the perfect example of your word. Lord, may we conform ourselves to Jesus. And Lord, may we openly uh, come before you, Lord, with open hands, wanting to be more like Christ. Lord, we thank you for his love. We thank you for his um, faithfulness, Lord, to uh, what you've called him to do. Lord, may we be faithful in the same way to what you've called us to do. Lord, we love you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So quick update. Um, I've been doing the Bible talk now for about three months uh, for October, November, and December while Brad was uh, having surgery and then recovering from, from that. And so um, with that being said, him and I have talked recently and um, he had talked about coming back this week. I told him I had one more, one more um, topic I wanted to cover based off of our series that we've been doing on the secret place and spiritual rhythms and disciplines. And so Pastor Brad will be starting back up next year in 2024. So just a week from today, nothing next year sounds so far away, but obviously based on the calendar, just a week away, Pastor Brad will be back doing the Bible talk. So I appreciate the opportunity. Hopefully it's been a blessing and I'm sure I'll be uh, in front of the camera uh, here and there in the future as Brad needs me to fill in and I look forward to those opportunities. But I just want to say thank you for participating. I've gotten feedback from some of you and I just want to say thank you for your kind words and uh, um, this is fun. It really is fun just to be able to kind of dig into God's word and hopefully it's been an encouragement and, I, and, and a level of encouragement to... Um, maybe think about things that you haven't thought about before or practices that you haven't really put into practice before. And um, not that I've got everything figured out, but hopefully I can be an example to the flock in a way and, and encourage the body of Christ. So love you very much. And I just again want to say thank you for allowing me to enter into this time with you guys. I don't take it for granted. So we are going to be in Matthew 6. So you can take your Bibles and turn there. And uh, the practice we're going to talk about today is not necessarily one for the secret place. Um, it's not necessarily something you do. You know, we're on our fourth week. In our first week, we talked about how we should pray to God. And just talked about it even in the secret place, using the Lord's Prayer as an example, um, how we can pray through the themes of the Lord's Prayer. In my own time with the Lord, praying the Lord's Prayer, but there's other scriptures I pray as well. One of my favorite scriptures to pray is Psalm 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. And so I quote through roughly, I think, 17 or 18 verses of the chapter. I think there's roughly 24 verses, if I remember correctly. Um, but it's just this beautiful, it's all these promises of, what we have in Christ. And so I pray that to the Lord. There's other scriptures uh, praying to the Lord. Just 
reflecting on who he is, his promises, what he says, um, reflecting on who I am in Christ. Not that I'm a big deal, but uh, we're really good at encouraging other people as far as who they are in Christ. We're really poor at taking those same verses for ourselves and standing by faith with firm feet and knowing who we are in Christ and what Christ has for us and our value in that way. So that was our first week was praying to God. The second week was hearing from God, knowing that God wants to speak to us, knowing that God speaks through his Holy Spirit, that the promise in John 16 is that uh, the Spirit will still speak to us the things that he hears. And so how to engage in the quiet and let the Lord speak can be, it definitely is through his word, right? Um, and so in the, in the secret place, reading and allowing scripture to really just come off the page and sit into your heart. Um, but you can receive a word from the Lord. The Lord can point you to a verse. The Lord can give you a vision. The Lord has all sorts of ways to communicate. And so, um, in that, having an expectation in the quiet place to hear from the Lord. Last week, we talked about letting the spirit pray through us. Again, kind of maybe a little bit of a controversial topic with some, but seeing in Scripture that there is a precedent um, by Paul, and we see it in 1 Corinthians 14 and Romans 8, that uh, allowing the Spirit to pray for us on behalf of us in accordance with God's will, but us giving room for the Spirit to do it, not controlling what it is, not forcing it, not pursuing a certain sign, but just by faith, entering into a time where the Spirit has the opportunity. We give allowance. We, we, we give freedom to the Spirit to pray. And so uh, we talked about that last week. This week, um, <clears throat> as I said a second ago, it's not necessarily something we practice in the quiet place, but it's something that I don't know how much we actually practice at all. And it's in scriptures, throughout scripture. But uh, today's topic is going to be fasting. And the purpose of fasting, Jesus fasted, Jesus gave instructions in fasting. And so fasting, maybe I'll give a brief testimony and then we'll get to the scriptures. Fasting is, for me, has been predominantly a place I enter into when I enter into a time where I need more direction. I've got a big decision coming up. Um, could be for someone else who's going through something difficult. Um, I have had one experience in my life though, uh, where I fasted and the fasting was entering into a time alone with Jesus. I was able to get to a, a retreat, able to get, get away. And it was really kind of a time just with Jesus, like Jesus, we need to talk like what's going on. This is, this is where we're at. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if you've had those experiences in your own life where, I almost felt like Elijah, right? When um, after Elijah has the time where the fire from heaven and all of this power, then immediately afterwards he gets depressed and he gets into this, this, this state of despair and he gets away and he thinks he's the only one left. And he cries out to the Lord and the Lord tells him to go to Mount Sinai and he fasts. He needs food for the journey and the Lord supplies that, but then he fasts for 40 days. Um, we see this 40-day fast actually to be something quite repetitive in Scripture. Uh, we see it with Moses. We see it with Elijah. We see it with Jesus. 
Um, Moses is actually pretty supernatural. Moses fasted back-to-back 40-day periods with a couple days in between. And it says with his fast, he didn't, he didn't even have water. So there was a supernatural element uh, of God uh, sustaining him. So I would say this before we get into this whole piece. If you do um, seek fasting, and, and um, while I don't know if there's a need to talk to your doctor about a one, two day, even a week long fast, if you're doing something that's prolonged, I would say definitely keep your, your medical doctor in the loop. I've recently had that conversation with my, my personal doctor as far as the, um, medical, the medical conditions or issues that could go along with a prolonged fast. So um, that's just a little caveat I want to put in there. There's a way to do it safely. And so make sure if you're going to do something very long to have that conversation. All that to say, when I had that time uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, of just getting away alone with the Lord, it was a time where I had set apart, uh, I think, three or four days of fasting. And as soon as I got to the retreat, <clears throat> I committed, my <clears throat> committed myself to this time of prayer and fasting and being alone. And it was, I entered into this time with like this <clears throat> kind of version of prayer of like this, I don't know. I just felt in the time of prayer, it was too like, it was too like religious. I just remember stopping. I said, Lord, why am I here? Like, why are we here in this time together? And the Lord, man, it was, it's a testimony for another time. But what I'm trying to get at is the Lord, I, I, it was as clear in his communication as has ever been in my entire life and was a shifting, a massive turning point in my, not just in my walk with the Lord, but in my ministry to others. Um, and it really, if I had to think of a time that was like looking back saying, this is evidence that the Lord has called me to this and this is what I should be doing. It was this weekend. Um, not really a weekend. It was a Sunday through Thursday type thing. But all that to say, I think entering into it, and I know through scripture that when you enter into a time with the Lord and fasting is a part of it, I would really encourage you that the Lord will honor that. We're not doing it for a prize. We're not doing it for a reward. But there is something different when you give up your greatest necessity of food. Outside of air and water, food is third on the list, right? And when you give that up and you say, Jesus, I am completely throwing myself upon you, trusting you, asking that you be my daily bread, asking that you be my manna, and I am, I am choosing to restrain myself from a, a basic necessity, Lord, and trusting you with it. The Lord, the Lord, through scripture, you see that he honors that. And so if our hearts have the right intention. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, about the practice of fasting. And so we see Jesus talk about it in Matthew 6, in verses 16 through 18. It says this, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that, um, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may, be done, may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret 
will reward you openly. Understand that fasting was a normal practice during Jesus's day. They even came up to Jesus and asked, Jesus, why aren't you and your disciples fasting? And Jesus replied, the, the wedding party, they don't fast while the groom is with them. They fast when the groom has gone. And he said that his disciples don't need to fast while Jesus is with them. There will be a time for fasting, but it's after Jesus is gone. And so we know that the Pharisees fasted. We know that John's disciples fasted. We know from church history that the early church fasted. Many of them took a practice of fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays because of how it related to the passion of Jesus, the last days of Jesus um, with his last supper and then his death on the cross. And so we see, um, we see this practice and this normality of fasting, but I don't know if it's normal in our culture today. Uh, I don't know how many sermons we hear on it or how much is taught about fasting, but it's something that Jesus did, that Jesus talked about, and uh, we see it throughout, like I said, Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, early church history. So in this time of fasting, we have uh, these people who would fast, but they would disfigure and they would make it very obvious that others could see that they were fasting. They wanted to look pious. They wanted to look ultra-religious. And so the reward was not in honoring God. The reward was in getting others to see how, how much they... Um, you know, how much agony, agony they went through and how much um, they loved God to the point that they would give up food. And, um, and, and Jesus says clearly that that will be their reward. But when we fast, the proper way of fasting is to wash our face, to put ourselves in a position that no one knows or recognizes that we're fasting and do it just between you and God. And while I just got done giving examples of or, or sharing a testimony of fasting in the past, hopefully that is received by you as a, just an example of how the Lord met me in it. Um, have fasted many times since then. I've had others, you know, one of the, one of the things that I am so encouraged by our church, I've had brothers uh, in Christ and our church fast for me just based off of the things I've been going through, pleading, going before the Lord, um, trusting that their fasting would would give even more power to their prayers. And so, um, very humbling, very humbling to be in a church where you're loved and you're supported by people in the church who will fast and pray for you. But uh, in that, again, we don't necessarily talk about it. It's not something that we promote. But I would encourage you, as Jesus says, that fasting is something that um, is a devotion to God. It's faith in God. It's but it should be done in a way that brings honor to God and not to yourself. We see, if you go back a couple chapters in Matthew 4, we see Jesus fasted himself. Um, and we know that it happened. It wasn't done in secret and not added into scripture. It was, it's in our Bible. So Jesus obviously wanted us to know that he fasted. He wasn't doing it to look pious. He was doing it to be with the Father. And then in verse <clears throat> chapter four, in the first couple of verses, we see that then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness. This is after his baptism. Just been uh, baptized, spirit comes down, God speaks from heaven. And he's led by that same spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. 
And so we see at the uh, consummation of Jesus's anointing and ministry on earth with the spirit, the father affirming, um, the first thing that happens is Jesus is led by the spirit uh, to be tempted and he fasts and prays. And so we see again this dependency upon God. We see uh, Jesus the Son going to be with the Father. We see the enemy meeting him there. And what does he target? He targets the very first thing that would come to mind as far as your need if you're fasting for 40 days. He says, if you're hungry, turn these, stone, turn these stones into bread. And it makes logical sense. It um, would fulfill a need, and Jesus had the power to do it. But Jesus has a beautiful answer. It's from Deuteronomy, and he answered, it is written, man, this is verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that verse really encompasses fasting. It really encompasses fasting. In John 6, we see Jesus feed the 5,000. He then goes across to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. The crowd follows him around. They get to him and they want more food. And Jesus says, you guys are wanting me just to fill your bellies again, but the food he really has will give them satisfaction forever. And fasting is a recognition that the bread of life, Jesus himself, is enough. It's entering into a time and it's saying, Jesus, I, I just want to feed on you. And I know that sounds weird, but Jesus said as much. Whoever, uh, if anyone does not eat his flesh and drink his blood, they cannot be a part of him. And we know that has correlation to communion, but Jesus is trying to set the expectation that he is enough. Um, understand that Jesus has the power to sustain you outside of what the laws of nature would say. Again, Moses fasting 40 days on Mount Sinai, comes back down, sees the people in sin, breaks the tablets. I'm sure he ate at that time, but what does he do right afterwards? He goes right back up and fasts another 40 days. And in Exodus, it says that he didn't have food or drink. And so Jesus is, or Moses is fasting without food or water. That's not physically possible. But understand that entering into a fast of neither food nor water and living through it in 80 days, essentially, obviously God supernaturally intervened. But there's a faith we enter into. We don't fast expecting God to necessarily, obviously, I would never recommend a fast of not drinking water. Um, but there's this faith that God is sustaining us. There's this theme that God is enough. And so, as Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I would encourage you in your own lives, in your own, as you, as you kind of maybe coordinate the secret place, I would encourage you to start adapting and adopting the practice of fasting in your own life. Maybe you already do it. Maybe fasting is something that you do, and that is great. But I would encourage you, um, if it's something that you've never done before or something that you haven't done regularly, um, pray through it. Pray through it. Uh, again, it's something that I want to incorporate more in my own life um, for a multitude of reasons. I want more of Jesus. Um, and I truly believe that in that humble, meek, 
place of dependence, Jesus meets that person. When we do the fast food kind of drive-through version of Jesus where we want to kind of get enough of Jesus kind of in a as we're going through our motions, I think there's a version where we can have Jesus, but it's not, man, I just want to dine. I just want to abide. I just want to be with him. And so I would encourage you to have that time. We see in the early church, um, fasting and prayer was a normal thing. We see it in the Acts when they're praying for uh, Peter, when they're praying together as the early church, fasting and praying was a norm. Um, this, this understanding that God was going to answer and God would hear their prayers as they fasted and prayed together. I'm not saying that God doesn't hear our prayers outside of fasting, but there's a theme in scripture that there's this using kind of a superhero, like there's a supercharged state of our prayers that manifests itself through fasting. Again, the heart has to be correct. A great, a great warning as far as fasting is in Isaiah 58, where Isaiah 58, he goes through all of these fasts and all of this type of worship that God's like, I don't want to hear it. You're not taking care of the people around you. You're not taking care of the poor. You're, you're oppressing those who are not well off. You are overtaxing and overworking your laborers. And so understand that as much as God wants us to have the right practices, he wants us to have the right heart in everything. And if we are living in sin or we are um, not bring, being a true brother or sister in Christ to the body of Christ, and we have dissension, and, but, but we have this time alone away with the Lord and we kind of keep it to ourselves. He wants us to be right with others as we're right with him. And so I would encourage you um, in your study of fasting, Isaiah 58 is a great passage, reading through Acts and seeing how they did it as an example is a great passage. And then obviously we have the text of Matthew 6 as far as how Jesus wants us to go about it. So that's my uh, little uh, theme and topic for today. Um, hopefully it's an encouragement, something to think about. Maybe you've never done it. Um, you know, I, I've at times thought about kind of trying to usher in maybe a corporate fast as far as for the whole church over certain things. Uh, we've never gone that far, but I do think there's something powerful. I know there's something powerful in the practice of fasting. The Lord meets you there. He wants to intercede, and uh, as you depend on him and rely upon him as enough, as, as enough for taking care of your needs, um, Jesus manifests himself in some great ways. So love you guys. Again, hopefully this, was, this time was an encouragement. I appreciate the, the opportunity and a blessing upon you and your family during the season, and look forward to being able to minister to and with you in the future. Love you guys. God bless.